the identity of the person I was dating didn't matter. So it didn't feel like something bad happening or like I was losing anything. I was just like, cool, this is you becoming more of who you are and who you want to be and who what's going to make you more comfortable in the world. And like, how could I not be on board with that and be super happy? Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 92. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Amanda and MC, a couple who reached out to us because they kind of called us out for not having enough diversity. However, we can only have people on the show that want to come on the show. So we appreciate them calling us out, and we're super excited to have them on the show to share their story. It's an awesome story, and we think you will all love it. Yes. So thank you to them for reaching out. Thank you to them for being a part of helping make the show more diverse, better and more diverse. Yes. Before we jump into that, of course, we have a couple of things to announce very quickly, like super quick. (laughs) The first is we had our Boston meet and greet a few days ago, and it went great. We had 16 people show up, including two couples who this was their very first event ever of anything in non-monogamy land. Yeah, I mean, maybe event ever. Maybe. We don't don't know. But it was super fun. Everything went great and everyone was amazing. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to Ginger and Ryan of Life on the Swing Set and Intellectual Foreplay Podcast for also joining us and helping to promote it and doing the heavy lifting on being extroverts. Yes. We appreciate it. Especially (laughs) Ginger. Ryan pretty much just ate his chicken wings. That's, that's not true. No, it's not true. He he blended it with us. Yeah, we just sat in the corner and didn't talk to anybody. The three of us. Well, if that entices anyone, we yeah, have really. another we have another meet and greet coming up in Toronto. Also, that wasn't true at all. We talked to everyone. Uh, we had a lot of fun conversations, and so did Ryan. Anyway. Saturday, this Saturday. This Saturday, October 26th from 2 to 6 p.m. We have a meet and greet in Toronto. If you're anywhere near the area or if you want to come in, we'd love to have you. Yep, there's an international airport right there. Yep. Uh, Other announcements. Last week, we had an interview, episode 90, with Kathy. And she has written three books and actually sent them to us to give away. Yep, so if you want to be able to enter to win those three books, uh, you need to be one of our patrons. Not to play favorites, but we did tell people early on that if you're a patron, you get the chance to win awesome stuff. And so she sent us over these books. So if you're interested, uh, take a look into that. Also, while you're there, something else that you will have the opportunity to get is $50 off any purchase of $150 or more at the enclosed. The Enclosed is not an affiliate of ours. They're just kind of a a loose partnership of we help them, they help us Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, For people who aren't patrons, you also can get $25 off. Use uh, the code EMMA25 and you get $25 off any any purchase. And to be clear, the Enclosed is a lingerie company. Uh, It's a gift company. Right. They're in the business of giving gifts. They, their lingerie comes packaged in these beautiful boxes, even with rose petals and it's super fun and they're comfortable and amazing lingerie. So check them out. If you haven't, there's links on our resources page. Also links to RSVP for any of the meet and greets, um, which is the Toronto one left. We will be doing more meet and greets in the future. However, we don't have anything scheduled at the moment, but go check everything out on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Also, while you're there, one other quick ask for people. This is something that we've never done before. No, something new, but it's not too hard on your part. We're no. asking for some help from our listeners. Yeah, so we, on our website, we have a Contact Us page, and we've mentioned it before. There's a little button where you can click to leave an audio recording for us. 
We are creating some additional content for the show. It's not going to replace the Monday episodes or the Wednesday episodes, but it's going to be some more topic-based content. And we are doing an episode with Catherine. Uh, she was the relationship coach slash therapist from way back. Uh, yeah, we should have looked up. We should have looked up which episode. I will look that up really quick. Turns out that was episode 57. We will, <laughs> we'll do our homework next time. So anyway, she is coming on to help us talk about intentional conversations. And one of those intentional conversations is how do you broach the subject of non-monogamy with a partner who may or may not be interested in it? And so what we'd like is to have our listeners call in and leave a voicemail for us with their story of how you broached the topic of non-monogamy with your partner or how they broached it with you. Exactly. And whether was it successful? Did was it how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel threatened? Did it make you feel safe? If they either one of those things, how did your partner use language or you use language that made you feel those things? Yeah. And and basically it's just how did they do it or how did you do it and how did it go? Yeah, again, whether you screwed it up royally or whether you knocked it out of the park. I was going to say, if you completely fucked it up, we want to hear your story too because that's how you learn. The idea here is that these will be compiled and then Catherine is going to talk about the different ones and maybe what pieces and strategies and why they worked and sort of analyze them a little bit with us yeah with it'll us. be a conversation so, so it's going to be kind of a cool thing um if you can please do that we would really really appreciate it they don't need to be super long you know one or two minutes three minutes is fine just something quick kind of a quick synopsis of of how it went you know for for example in episode two we talked with uh taylor and ryan and you know they mentioned that for them he had to bring it up uh, you know, once a year for 10 years before she was on board. So just something like that and maybe some little details to help us help everybody else. Yeah. And just to be clear, if you do leave us a voicemail, um, we will be compiling them and using them as an episode. So your voice will be put on the podcast. I just want to make that super crystal clear for anyone. Um, hopefully that won't discourage people from calling in though. Yeah. And you don't have to leave your name or address or anything. Just, no. just, just uh, we'd really love your help and input on this to create some pretty kick-ass content. So thank you in advance for those of you that are still listening and for those of you that call in. Yes. Thank you, everyone. And with that, we will stop talking and we will go talk some more with Amanda and MC. Yeah. Welcome, MC and Amanda. We're super excited to have you on today. Um, I'm really excited about I can tell that's, <laughs> yeah, well... that's a lot of excitement there. <laughs> <laughs> um, people that reached out to us via email and asked for more uh, Amanda when you reached out you asked for more diversity in our guests and you know we can't really do that unless people are willing to come on the show and so we've been asking for it too yeah so we've been asking thank, for thank it you too for reaching out we've... yeah yeah for sure um yeah I know I like wanted to call you in a little bit about the mostly hetero folks you have on because that's a lot of what the especially lifestyle is right yeah we we agree and it's it's our goal to try to highlight as many different people as we can i mean do do you mind digging in a little bit uh about each of you to share i guess the diversity you're bringing today yeah sure and a cat, a cat may show up here yeah. once in a while. <laughs> There's four of them, so. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm Amanda. My pronouns are she, her. I'm 33. Uh, I identify as a queer woman. Um, and so what that means for me is that I'm attracted to people of all genders, uh, gender identities, expressions, anything like that. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm MC. I identify as a transgender queer queer human. Uh, for me, that means that I um, identify outside gender wise, outside of the binary, um, and I am attracted to all sorts of folks, all gender identities. Age and pronouns. Oh, age and pronouns. I use they them pronouns, and I am 29. Cool. Awesome. And and you listen to our show presumably 
Are you are you in a non-monogamous dynamic of some kind, or just wanted to bring some more diversity to our? No, family? we are. Yeah, from the beginning, we've been in a um, poly relationship. I was primary partner with someone, Mad um, MC. We also started dating, and then that first relationship ended, and then we've just been together since then, and also dating and seeing other people. Yeah. So, how long have you two been together? Two years. Just had our anniversary last week. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And and have you been open the entirety of the relationship? Yes. And I guess had you had you both been exploring it, it sounded like a little bit before you met or so I have been in some sort of non-monogamous relationship since probably like ten years. So with various people along the way. Um, how about you? I have not. <laughs> um, I grew up with only having monogamy as like uh, the blueprint I saw. Um, and so it wasn't until I was friends um, with Amanda first and saw her relationship. I was like, oh, that like makes so much sense, right? Um, like the, the love and relationships aren't a scarcity. Like there's plenty um, to give. And see, and so in growing in relationship with her, uh, like explored that more. So since we've started, we've been open and dating other folks. And yeah. yeah, was it hard at all for you to wrap your head around the concept, or was it just because from your background, or not really? Um, I think it was uh, somewhat difficult, just because um, only in the fact that uh, reactions within people I knew. But for me, it just made sense. Like, of course, like um, the that love and time aren't well time is I guess a finite thing but like love isn't a finite thing and there's plenty of um there so it wasn't hard it just made sense and I wanted to circle back before we dive in more about non-monogamy um you know you mentioned that you uh use the pronouns they them and before the interview started you said that that has your gender identity has kind of shifted throughout your um relationship as well I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about that do you want to go to I mean, it's your identity. It's true. Okay. <laughs> it's impacted both of us, I think. So um, I grew up in like a small, in a couple different smaller towns and kind of realized that I didn't fit within, um, like I'm an AFAB person. So I was assigned female at birth. And so I was just kind of aware that I didn't feel comfortable with that, um, but didn't really have words for it. So when we met, I identified as a woman, um, and then pretty quickly met people that was like, oh, there are words for what I feel. Um, and so that has changed uh, throughout our relationship. Like I've um, transition-related things. Um, my body has changed in ways since we started dating. But yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to be more specific about that or no? Sure. Um, I had. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally up to you, whatever you're comfortable with. It's changed, like in how I like present in the world, and then also like uh, like I had top surgery, and so my body has changed drastically, and that way um, hormones have shifted. Um, so like that's also changed my body and like mood and like exploring how that has changed my body and how it's changed how we navigate life together. Yeah. Yeah. An adventure, well read. And and I guess in what ways has it changed how you you're navigating things together? Uh, you said that, and I was wondering the same thing. <laughs> I think I think for me, like um, navigating gender identity was um, and has been a process, right? And so, like, it's a process for myself, but also with those you're doing life with, right? I mean, I think we've both talked about how that's been in the past. Uh, I think in other people's, like, strangers' point of view, too, um, going from looking like two women out in the world together to, like, sometimes you get uh, clocked as a man. So then it might, um, we don't look necessarily like queer people out in the world, which is something that's interesting to think about sometimes because it's a part of our identities that we both value a lot. And I mean, and like also like pretty not long after dating, then, like, she, like, took care of me for, like, a month and a half as I was recovering from like a pretty extensive surgery and um, just like the deepness that that brings to a relationship um, pretty quickly. Right. Yeah. 
some major changes. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And has it, has it been on, on your end, Amanda, like, that's kind of a big thing to have happen, right? Like, you, you start a relationship with somebody as identifying as a woman, and then partway through your, like, fairly soon after, that that's a shift, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, it's nothing that I had ever dealt with. No, well, that sounds not good. It was something that I had never experienced before. <laughs> um, but because I am a queer human, I was always knew that the identity of the person I was dating didn't matter. So it didn't feel like something bad happening or like I was losing anything. I was just like, cool, this is you becoming more of who you are and who you want to be and who what's going to make you more comfortable in the world. And like, how could I not be on board with that and be super happy? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think, and maybe the fact, like you said, that you are queer, that you, it wouldn't, it didn't matter to you whether MC was a man or a woman or a non-binary, right? That it, that wasn't the issue for you, which I, I think could be an issue for a lot of people if they're straight identified and they get into a relationship with a woman and then all of a sudden that it, that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that could yeah. be really tough. Yeah, I think you're seeing the ways that like MC was struggling in the world, like even things that seem simple, like uh, getting dressed to go out somewhere would be really difficult because of the way your body was shaped and the way clothes fit. And so like knowing that you were taking steps to make even little things like that feel easier was really exciting. Right. Yeah. It opened up a lot of emotional space. Um, yeah. The time about like, and that like left, like gave us more space for now, like, you know, doing life together that, you know, didn't take me half an hour, 45 minutes, like to get ready to leave the house. Right. Lesson dysphoria, yay. <laughs> right, for sure. Well, and and how has that played into, like, exploring non-monogamy together? Because that that's also a really difficult thing to navigate on its own, and then you're, you're kind of doing both at the same time. So we don't um, do a lot of dating together with other people. Sure. Um, like the whole the two the two years we've been together, I've been seeing one person regularly for most of that, but also just like a couple one offs. Um, but MC didn't explore a lot of that, even though the door was open, just because of how much they were navigating gender identity and stuff like that. So, but recently, yes, started doing that. So yeah. that's fun. It's been an adventure. I think also like I'm feeling more secure in my identity um, and learning how to navigate that within a space that is like, you know, a lot of um, poly culture and a lot of um, just the culture in the Midwest in general is not always super trans like friendly and like yes. about safety. Um, like, you know, like if I want to like just have like a hookup, like safety is a thing I have to really be mindful of. And you don't mean like, STI no, I mean like I mean like violence, and um, it like has changed like things that I may have been able to do when I identified as a woman more safely in like a violence way. Well, not necessarily, but like it's different, right? There are people who are very transphobic, and so I think it's made me more aware in how like how I explore monogamy is maybe different than it would have been before. Thank you makes it more thoughtful too though sometimes because then you're putting in more work into like screening people in ways that maybe you wouldn't feel like you needed to and so you wind up with better quality people at the end of all that yeah yeah i think that's a really good point because when you as we talk about a lot on the show when you tell somebody something about you and they react positively or negatively that's their reaction is everything you need to know right about moving forward and you can really filter people out that way and filter people out who would be more accepting and not accepting but um I was going to ask about the because I knew you were in the midwest about the culture there and and how because you two are pushing a lot of norms um you know between being yes which is amazing yes (laughs) exactly um it's 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 amazing, but I'm sure it's also challenging because 
you have to remember things like, you know, um, safety wise. And because people, I mean, people can be terrible wherever you're at, but, um, you know, when you're in more of an accepting area or not, you have to really take some of that into consideration. So, um, I guess, has there been ways other than just being honest about who you are, have there been ways with other partners or with people in your life that you've been um, trying to work to change that other than just being who you are? That's, that's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> I, so like in ways to change that, I think we, um, we talked like, so there are a lot of the um, poly and uh, like community within our city is um, very cis and hetero. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, working within, like, there's a couple Facebook groups and, like, meetups, like, working towards having, creating, like, trying to find and create more spaces that are more accepting of trans folks and queer people. Um, we also just, like, uh, slowly through this whole process, like, all of our friends have shifted into being, like, all queer or trans people. So we're just, like, always surrounded by that. Yeah. So it feels like normal isn't the right word because what's normal, but um, I don't know. Just like everyone, like comfortable, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, it's like it really does feel like um, a safer and safer community within like our community, right? Like not necessarily the city, city at large, large but like within our community, a safe place to be open. Yeah, um, and we love, we love to see play spaces become more. Yeah open but that's not necessarily a thing that well I don't think they're explicitly not open it just feels like we would be the only people there who are not like cisgender folks yeah and that would be perhaps uncomfortable even if people are like no we are welcoming it's like cool that's great that's step one step two is like diversifying the people maybe you're like trying to reach out to you to bring to these spaces or whatever there is one um play space that I think happens like once a month that's um for everybody except male identified folks mm-hmm. okay yeah and we've 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 heard about some of that uh on a couple of different episodes where you know it's trying to really make make those people feel welcome and it's it's yeah. not enough sometimes just to say like oh yeah you're welcome mm-hmm. but but yeah. also really really make sure that that space is safe right right yeah there's the difference there so have you have you also then it sounds like you've explored the polyamory but are you looking also to go to some more like i guess sex clubs or swinger type clubs as well i think i'm definitely open to that we're both interested in it but just like finding the right places is a barrier it's like yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was I was also curious uh, on MC's side that like you had not explored non-monogamy really before this, mm-hmm. and I guess how do you contrast like your relationships before this one being open, like to to this one? Like, so this is also <laughs> interesting um, because so I grew up in like I said very like I had not come out as queer. And so, like, four or five years ago. Um, and so, like, I had also um, had dated a ton because I would not necessarily feel safe to date people who weren't cis men. And I also wasn't comfortable dating those cis men. So, like, uh, it's very different in a lot of ways, right? Like, like my first relationship, queer relationship, was this one. She's great. Um, but like also like it's been great in the writing to also like have space to explore dating other people and exploring my identity and um, the people that I want to be with and being encouraged courage to do that. I learned like the word conversion from this one and it just like made so much sense for how I operate as a person like outside a relationship. So it's been really awesome to see it within a relationship from both of us also. Right. I feel like that came really naturally to you, which was exciting to Sorry. see. It's not; it does not come naturally to me. So the com- the conversion side of things. Yeah, it's hard, which I feel like is a thing that nobody wants to admit and say. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's uh, sometimes. Hmm, what's the word? 
I don't know, just sometimes jealousy happens and you don't, even if you logically are like, no, why, why I'm doing the exact same thing. And like, there's no reason for me to be jealous here, but it happens. And then I have to go like, wait a minute, slow down, back up. Like nothing that's happening here is bad or dangerous or unsafe or ethically against what we believe in. So it's good, but I think I have to work towards it. And I, at least from my point of view, it seems like it, it's very naturally easy for you. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's fascinating. Like you said, you sort of, at the start of this relationship with Amanda, you, you kind of reset everything, right? Like you, you hadn't been in a relationship that wasn't, uh, that was a queer relationship. You started to explore and, and allow your sexuality to come through and your gender and everything like that. So like you kind of hit the reset button at the start of this and it's <laughs> oh, like, yeah. you almost like, yeah, like it's not even really fair to compare no. pre pre Amanda time to now. That's yeah. right. I should find you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. No, um, I think um, it's been, yeah, like I think it's, it's felt like a big change, a lot of big changes at once. Um, so many good, healthy changes. I think that, that for me has been opening and fulfilling. I think for a lot of people um, in my life has been like, holy hell, what the fuck's happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but for me, it's been like, oh, now it all makes sense. Right. But for a lot of people around me, I think there was a lot of like hand holding other people through changes. Yes. And how, how is that? How has that gone for the most part, I guess? Well, I feel like it's a 50 50 split. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about family and friends in general. Yeah. I feel like all of our friends have been, yeah, like great and happy. And yeah, maybe just like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. You're poor. And, just, and just roll with it. But I feel like as far as your family goes, it's maybe like 50-50. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like uh, the ones on the 50-50 that are, are here for it have been uh, wonderfully supportive. So. That's really good to hear. That I mean, it's unfortunate that there's the 50 that's not, but at the same time, uh, at least you have, there's some good family to have being supportive. Right. Shout out to my parents. They're, they try real hard. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I am, like, a kid from the Midwest. I'm a pastor's kid. And, like, they have a trans, queer, poly kid. <laughs> and, right, like, so, like, breaking a lot of, like, norms and boxes. And they have been... Well, and, and, and beliefs and rules. Right. And, like, they've tried really hard to, like, learn and be accepting and loving and... Yeah, but I mean, they've always been loving. Yeah, it's just like unlearning. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like from your point of view too, you understand that they're they're trying and that they're 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 giving you know giving you're both putting some effort in you know to to make keep the relationship and be supportive. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious then on like you you two in order to navigate what you've navigated so far takes an immense amount of communication. I would. I would venture to guess. How do you, I mean, was that something that you learned through this relationship or have you learned it over time and, and how, how have you navigated it? I think it was good that we were friends first. Yeah. Um, and so like we were like, we've navigated things like as friends first. And I think um, from the very beginning, we were like honesty, like honesty first, like everything else might be hard but honesty first and so I think we've been really good about being open um that's grown like how and when we're honest like how and when we discuss things not how and when what do you mean how and when um but like realizing like learning that like I need to process everything verbally right now okay (laughs) (laughs) and like learning that it's okay that like she's like yes I'm 100% 100% want to be honest, but, like, I need, like, 10 minutes to, like, process. And I think we've learned that and grown in that together, but, like, we've always prioritized being honest and making space to communicate and process things together. Yeah. And and, and not just involving, like, 
like involving everyone. Like when other people are involved, like all of all of us being open and discussing things together, not just the two of us. Yeah. I also think like I uh my last two like longer term relationships before this one, the people were perhaps less emotionally uh mature. Mm-hmm. So Honesty sometimes was hard. Not honesty. Communication would be hard um, because those folks would maybe shut down if things got hard and not and just not want to talk about anything. Um, so it's been like a fucking breath of fresh air <laughs> that you're like, even though sometimes I'm like, put it back inside for ten minutes, like <laughs> that they just want to like talk about it and then it's over with. It's like oh, so good. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the the level of communication can be there, even sometimes too much. Kind of just like my, uh, word vomit, right? Yes. I, I'm I'm guilty of that too. No, no, no. Well, there's a lot less. Uh, yeah, changes happening all at once. Right, right. So yeah, like we were processing so much at one time. Yeah. Yeah, you've been through a lot of amazing changes in two years. Good job, us. (laughs) So are there things that you haven't experienced yet that you're hoping to, whether it's it's not necessarily just a sexual question, but... In general. Yeah, in general, like either the two of you or with other partners or anything. I don't know. We've had like one group experience that was really fun, and that would be cool to do again, but maybe... uh, with less people because it was a little overwhelming and like uh, urgency me. How, how many people were in there? Just four, but that was like enough. <laughs> like, let's just take one of them out. <laughs> but yeah. Um, not, like, not sexually, we're like thinking forward, like what our relationship continues to grow and look like. Um, navigating those things and like what that looks like is being open and there's actually a podcast you all did recently. We were discussing um, just like what families look like and open relationships. Oh, yeah, with um, Co. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, what does that look like? So, we like that um, podcast is really helpful in like navigating that and like discussing what that will look like for us. Yeah. Oh, maybe a thing we've talked about that would maybe be interested in, but don't know how it would exactly work is like perhaps if we lived with. Um, someone that was one of our partners or that we were both dating or just like what that would look like. Yeah. Like we're pretty open to like seeing what life brings us. Yeah. Right. Right. Would you ever, I guess, I guess probably, but would you consider closing things if that seemed right for your relationship at that time? If it seemed right, I would say so, but I don't think it will ever seem right. Right. I think there, I think, um, if it were ever be like, Hey, I feel like we've talked before. Like if we ever need to like to be, I'm never like, I can't foresee it ever being like a, we are now closed for the foreseeable future. But I feel like there have been times it's like, hey, like there's a lot happening. I might need like us to like not add anybody new for like just a little bit. Like we could have that discussion and been willing to have that conversation, but I can't see us ever like closing. That's yeah. just not how either of our brains really work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I- I was I was curious on on Amanda's side then so we we learned uh, on MC's side that you kind of this was your first foray that you were thrust into this all because of Amanda how how did how did you get involved in the non-monogamy world way back 10 years ago um so when I graduated college my partner and I at the time moved states and um, so then we were like suddenly away from all of our friends and our family. Uh, this person and I went to high school together, so we had known each other since we were teenagers. And like basically, we're almost the only people we had ever each dated or had sex with. So I think somehow the idea got into one of our heads, and we just were like, haha, wouldn't it be? weird if we dated other people sometimes lol and then um had a serious discussion about it and decided that that was a thing we were interested in doing and and it just 
And from there. Yeah, so so rather than breaking up, it was a way to still get some needs met, but but be together. Right? Yeah, yeah, and we're not together now, but um, that person and I are still good friends. Right. Yeah. And so so that started off. That was like we're going to explore relationships with other people or was it just an initially a sexual? Um, so, you know, as a, as a lot of people end up telling you, there were a lot of rules at the beginning about like, you can do this. You can't do this. This is okay. This is not okay. So it was like, anything is okay except catching feelings. Which you have total control over. Right. Right. Well, when you're 23 or whatever, you think that, you can totally control your emotions and your feelings in your heart. That was what it started as. And then I fell for somebody more than just hooking up and it like opened a whole can of worms. And because it felt like it was a rule breaking, that's I think what ultimately ended the relationship. So then going forward, that was still kind of a rule that other people wanted to have. And I don't think I had fully recognized or felt empowered yet to say, like, that's not how I work. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, all right, I, I can do that. And then I just, like, couldn't do it ever. Um, and so finally I was like, this is me and that's how it's going to be with me. It has to be fine. Right. And so you, so after that first one, you started then seeking out other non-monogamous relationships like that sort of became your default after that one yeah yep okay yeah the the one directly after that began monogamous it was so for like a year and then sort of opened under duress like we're fighting all the time and so let's like this will make it better um but then for like six more years with that person was open and we're still together so yeah but but it's just been non-monogamy since then so it did make it a little better, but not yeah for, not for a long time. For yeah, for a little while. Yeah, Do you guys? which is typically not what the suggestion is. Is that when your relationship's in a bad place to open it up is not usually a good thing, but sometimes it works. Yeah, for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so, are there things that you two think like? The, the non-monogamy has brought to your relationship that has made it better. And on the flip side, are there things that you think has made your relationship harder because of it? Well, made it better. There's just more people to love. What's not to love about that? So like the other person that I've been seeing long-term regularly for like a little bit over a year and a half, yeah, almost. Um, like we're all friends and hang out. I love him so much. Yeah, he's good. So I think creating friendships in ways that there may not have been before is something that's good. For me, I think that sometimes uh, makes it harder is feeling like uh, we have to be intentional about making time for each other, which isn't a bad thing, but it's new-ish because in my previous non-monogamy, there were some rules about like frequency that you could see other people that you were dating that's not how we work. No, we're just like, you're your person, I'm my person, like, do your life. Um, so that's the thing that's a little bit harder. It's just making sure that we're intentional about time together. And also, if either one of us is just glued to our phones, like, with somebody else, I'm like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the thing that has been good for me is, like, um, I think culturally a lot of us are taught that, like, relationships one person is supposed to be your everything and you're supposed to be one person's everything. And I just, how, um, in my mind, that's like really unhealthy. Right. Um, and so for me, it's been really healthy to be like, I am here and I love you. Um, and, but I am in charge of making sure my needs are met and like, um, I will be here and love you and like meet what needs I can, but like acknowledging that like we're in charge of finding and like meeting our own needs has been really help, like healthy for me. And like learning boundary setting has been marvelous. It's been good and healthy. Hard-wise, I think time. Like my, I think my work schedule sometimes makes that hard, uh, but we're intentional. And if time is, if, if navigating time is as hard as it gets, we're... Yeah, I was going to say, you're, like, you're not doing too bad. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, it's weird. I'm like, oh, 
we haven't had any major blowout fights in two years. I don't, is this how it's supposed to be? <laughs> I don't like it. No, I don't either, but it just, it, ha- it seems like for me, uh, every relationship until now has had all these like, I think we just uh, fights for no reason. But I think we're intentional, like being honest, like when something is hard, we just talk about it. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I think that definitely is related. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And have have you been pretty open with people in your life about um, being polyamorous as well? Um, yeah. So on my side, um, probably about five years ago, um, my the partner I was living with at the time and I were dating another person together, and that person was going to move in with us, and so I was like, well, shit, now I have to tell my mom because, like, otherwise this is going to be weird to not, I don't know, I feel like she would have figured it out and then it would have been weirder than me just saying, like, hi. So I called her up and told her, um, and her response response was, um, yeah, I basically figured something like that was going on. I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) I'm like, awesome. She has, like, met... I want to say secondary partners because we try not to use that language in our house. Um, she's met partners who are not people that I may be living with or or um, sharing finances with, things like that. P- people who are outside of that. She's met and like welcomes them into her home. Um, yeah, and I don't. That's my my basically only family member that I have a relationship with. So she's been awesome. And yeah, we're out to all our friends. Yeah. What about you and your family? So I came out as like, hi, I'm queer. Also, I'm Jamie's person who is in a relationship with these other people. Cool. Um, so that was really hard. I think with discussion and honesty, like... Hard for you or your parents? Uh, oh, yeah, not hard for me. That, for me, it just made sense. Um, but hard for, like, my parents and it's, like, some of my siblings. And so, like, a couple of my siblings are like, peace, bye. Um, but like, not just because of that, mostly because of like transness, but like, um, my parents are really lovely. Um, they like Amanda and like uh, my other siblings are like, cool, whatever makes you happy. And like, we're down. Um, my extended family, I don't know if they know cause like, we don't hang out with them really, but, um, my parents are pretty on board, which is nice. I think so funny. Can I tell a funny story? Um, Go for it. we, we, play sports together and their their parents came to a game that um dan my other long-term partner was also at and he came to say hi to me um while we were sitting with mc's parents and like i think gave me a kiss when i walked away and then he walked away i don't know at some point it ended up being like your parents and you yeah and was it your mom said, oh, who's that? Yeah, so I had been talking to him and came back. My mom's like, who's that handsome guy you were talking with? And I was like, that's uh, Amanda's other partner, Dan. And my mom was like, oh. My dad was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Like, oh, that was my favorite. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it could have been a lot worse of a reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. so oh it's okay <laughs> little surprise but they take it in yeah well something you touched on earlier that that i think would be important to maybe expand on if if you don't mind is the the safety aspect of this and you we, we always talk about the sexual health side of it but you touched on something that was maybe a lot a lot bigger deal in your dynamic, which is your, your physical safety, meeting other people as a, as a trans person. Do you mind talking about that and how, how you navigate that and what you do to keep yourself safe in in case there's somebody else listening who, who is, who is going through the same thing? Right. Um, so I, thank you. Um, I think for me, it's, um, and when I'm talking with people, being very upfront and honest, like, hi, I'm trans. Before we meet up, it's like if it's a hookup situation, it's like, this is this is what my body looks like. Do you have a problem with that? Like, being very honest about, like, that I am trans and not, like, uh, that just being open and being, like, asking straight out, like, are you okay with this? 
are you aware that this is what my body is like? And then, like, even, like, there are times, like, even people say, yeah, but, like, you can read through that, like, there is uh, an un- uncomfortableness with that. Um, and also, like, you can also find people that fetishize that. That doesn't necessarily make me feel any more safe, safe either. Um, so I think it's, like, just being mindful and when you're speaking with people. And then um, I like to think I'm pretty good at reading people. And so, like, when meeting someone, knowing okay, how does this person make me feel? Do I feel safe? Do I feel ready? Like, yeah, in that sort of situation. When it comes to dating, um, I've mostly only looked to date people that I already have an established relationship as a friend with. So like that makes that part easier. I think if we were to ever look to um, have like sexual playing things together with someone else that... Um, well, those things would also apply. Yeah, and, and beyond that, um, things that maybe don't protect you ahead of time, but could be good if violence were to occur, is like, um, I, as, as like good practice, we always share like this person's name and where we're going to be and like an address, a phone number, like all the information we can in case something does happen, we can at least be like, here's where to go find them. Right, and like, and also like checking in, like, hey, like, there was a recent get together, it was like, hey. Get together. Get together. <laughs> it's just like a, a, like, a soiree. Yeah, right. We <laughs> went to a soiree. And um, like, she was like, hey, will you text me like just in like a couple hours so I know that you're so it's the first time I was meeting this person. And so um that's like just checking in to make sure we're okay. Which we may do, may have probably have still done, even if um like being my transness aside, just like because the way we tenderly consider each other, I think that might be a thing we did anyway. Well, yeah, it's, it's considerate, right? And it's, it's, it's and besides it's safe, just, and yeah. like the safety is also, yeah, yeah, considerate. Yeah, I, it's good. I appreciate that because, you know, I think that's something too that you know anybody who's dating really in the dating world, single or poly or whatever, it it's never a bad idea to have people know where you are and what you're doing and when you should be home. I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then, then on the on the flip side, the the sexual health side of it, how do you to approach that piece of the puzzle? So we get tested every six months. Listening to your podcast, uh, there are couples who are going like alternating three month thing, like every six, but they're offset. Which yeah. We started talking about trying to do that because that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then anytime there's a new partner introduced not long thereafter and also to be contestant. Yeah. yeah. Our, um, we go to the same GP who is amazing uh-huh. and like non-judgmental about anything poly or casual sex or STIs or um, they like have, trans-affirming. Yeah, they have like, here's like, they get like a guide to polyamory, like laying on their desk. It's beautiful. Oh, awesome. that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, so you just like go get tested whenever they're and they're awesome. As far as other people, we always ask when they were last tested, if there was anything that came up, if yeah. there was anything they needed to take care of. And then we were also talking like before we have any encounter, like these are the things these are like um boundaries these are the protections like that we have if you're cool with that awesome if you're not then like that's not a thing so just being very clear about what we need and expect and having having those conversations that's the most important piece yeah yeah Yeah, we're we're both super comfortable with that yeah common courtesy you know right right for sure yeah well is uh is there anything else that you two would want to share with the audience? Have there been any bloopers? We love the blooper question. Oh, yeah, we do. Don't you? I should have thought that ahead of time. Bloopers. Bloopers. Did anything happen Pride Weekend that was a blooper? Oh, man. So, well, I don't know. It was interesting. Um, so, 
I'm gonna be honest. Okay, CQ, I call her CQ. Amanda was um, my first sexual partner. Beyond that, we decided Pride Weekend, two of our good friends, we were all gonna get together and have a Pride fuck fest. It <laughs> <laughs> is great, but I also like tripled my partners in like one night. Um, and so that was an adventure. Yay! That's not a bad thing. No, it was a great yeah. time. Was there a blooper then? Um, I think they were like fall off a bed or anything. They're just oh, they're just bragging that. about it. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, but um, I mean, we, we've said like the first probably six months we were together, like I almost fell off the bed literally about seventy five percent of the time. <laughs> oh, well, start putting pillows down. Yeah. Well, this is a, okay. It's not as funny of a blooper as some of the others, but. Also on Pride Weekend, we went to this um, clothing optional pool party, and this is like the night, was it the night after the hotel? Um, so it was the night after we had hooked up with our friends, and we all went to this pool party together, and MC and one of them were like four feet away in the pool, and our friend said, hey, can I kiss you? And he's like, yeah, sure. So they like are moving together to kiss, and this the fourth person just like not knowing what was going on at all, just like swam between them, like being silly, <laughs> almost like a yeah, I don't know. Oh, I guess we need to be there. It was funny. So, so the the person broke up the kiss without knowing. Yeah, yeah. and was just being like you know spitting water. <laughs> <laughs> You're like cool. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that. Well, did you recover and have the kiss afterwards? Yeah, and many more after that. Good. <laughs> so overall, I'm I'm just kind of curious, like to kind of summarize, like has it? Do you think polyamory has been a super positive thing for for both of you, like throughout the transition and throughout like building confidence and building up? who you are and and all of that that you're exploring like do you think polyamory has has made that easier and better than if if you were just boring old monogamous people <laughs> i think personally yeah i think um for us poly polyamory has like created this community and this like intentionalness about how we relate to others um, whether it be sexual or romantic relationships or just friendships, like right. I think it brings this um, intentionalness in how we approach others and um, approach all of those things. I I can't imagine life working in a way differently than that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I um I think that also. Like people are always changing, right? We are never static and we never stop learning and growing and maybe figuring out more about who we are. And I think for us, Polly is a way for that to, um, that um, supplements that. So like, oh, well, I, I want to experience, you know, thing X, Y, Z and I'm going to go do that. And now I know about myself, whether that's a thing that I need, want, enjoy, whatever. And you know more about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought of another question. How do you go about meeting people? And I guess in polyamorous in in your community for in polyamory, how do you go about meeting those types of people? Do you go to meetups or just like word of mouth or are you on apps? Just because there's a lot of people out there that are trying to meet people and don't know. There are meetups in our area. There's this one particular coffee shop. It's a sex positive coffee shop. Um, Oh, cool. That's fun. Yeah, they have a lot of meetups there, Um, but we don't tend to go to them. Don't really know why. Just, it's, it's weird. It feels like... Like poly is very much a thing that we do and agree upon and believe in, but sometimes the community, maybe just because it feels very hetero sometimes or very like not always trans affirming. Yeah. No, no, we just don't go to them, but they do exist in the Midwest. So you can look them up. But we use like app, like apps yeah. and like just like friends. 
that we yeah. like have met and like things broke. Yeah, words of mouth. And yeah, well, we're both comfortable also being like, hello, friend. You're hot, I'm hot. Wanna fuck? And if they're like, yeah, then great. And if they say no, then it's like, okay, cool. And then you just move on. You're still friends. At least in our world, that's how it works. I was going to say that. <laughs> I think we live, in, we live in different worlds, I think. Yeah, and I think, like, that's something cool about the community we, like... I think it's a queer thing, too, because there yeah. are less of us. Right. There's, I don't know, maybe less of a pool of potential partners, so you're like, listen, we gotta, like, get... Some of us all have to get together. Well, and, like, maybe it's sounds silly, but, like, there um, there's a good chance that someone has slept with a few of our friends anyway yeah, so yeah. like we have a good like network like hey is this person good or safe yeah respectful like, whatever like it's so, like we know where there's a lot of like overlying things yeah. like hey tell me about this person yeah. would they be cool with it or not yeah the queer the queer community has so much privilege oh, yeah, well fun. you know well, we chose to be in <laughs> <laughs> it was such a choice <laughs> No, I, th- I I do think that's awesome though. Like like you said, you you get you communicate within your community much better than uh, you know us in the street. I don't know about better, but maybe it just feels more normalized. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like maybe because of um the maybe because of the experience of um being a queer person and like having to communicate that to other people a lot um creates like this um like almost like you said it's normal to like, have those conversations and it's like it doesn't, yeah it doesn't make it that hard to leap to the polyamory yeah piece. No. or to order a casual hookup and yeah. like, you, like you said like because i think yeah i think a lot of people maybe a couple is hearing you say like if you were to go up to their friends and say, Hey, you're hot, we're hot. Do you guys want to fuck? And like that would probably be the end of your friendship <laughs> unless the unless the answer was yes. So I think I think that's definitely something that, that we we don't have that that well, yeah. maybe some people do. Maybe we were just lucky like we haven't asked anybody that said no. So we Oh I guess okay. Whisper it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I was> <laughs> Maybe we just need to start asking more. Yeah. I think I think that yeah, people who are the ask and are more open about it all, they get I mean, you might get more no's, but you also probably get more yeses. Yeah. It's yeah. Find, find friends that may want to fuck. It's a good time. Or smooch, whatever. Or smooch. Oh yeah, I would almost always I would I would love to smooch all of my friends. <laughs> Listening. Friends who are listening, if you know us, let me smooch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how they meet people. They come on podcast. Yeah, that's our MO. That's, <laughs> that's wow. wonderful. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you were hoping to share with the world and your friends that are listening? <laughs> You're all great. No. Uh I think um, sometimes it's like the thing that we said when we first started dating, because like there's sometimes some work that happens in relationships is that, I mean, sometimes being poly takes a little bit more work. I mean, like communication, but like just because something is, takes work and just because something is hard, it doesn't mean it's not worth it. And I think... Um, yeah, we people, say that a lot. We say that a lot. And I think people often like their knee-jerk reaction to hearing about poly is like, oh, that has to be hard. Sometimes, yeah, but it is so worth it. And I'm not gonna cut. <laughs> but it's so worth it. It is. And I um yeah. What's, you your, what's your favorite what's your favorite part about it? Like what what's the number one thing that you think makes it worth it? I think seeing like seeing uh, the love we have for each other, um, seeing what like her love for other people is, my love for other people is, and just how much as a community we care for each other. Just so good. Like, how could you not want that? Right. But you can count on other people and not just your, you know, partner, partners, uh, like just the community in general. 
Yeah. So beautiful. I, I don't know how you wouldn't want to work towards that. Right. How about, how about, how about you, Amanda? I think uh, seeing you get excited before you meet someone is really fun. You know, that like pre first date or pre, you know, you're going to go hook up energy is really fun. And also feeling like this might be the first time that another partner that I'm living with has actually been like 100% on board with how I operate and is like supportive of that is really big. Because, you know, I had long-term relationships with people that were non-monogamous, but it never felt like this person was like, those people might have been like, yeah, go do your thing. It's great. It's okay. Um, but they didn't want to like talk about it and not even in like a tell me all the dirty, horny stuff that happened. But like, it was just like, once you walk in the door, that part of you doesn't exist kind of. And that was hard. So, um, you're like excited about it all the time and asking questions and like, I get, I can come home and be like, I just had this awesome first date and I really want to gush about it. And Five years ago, that might have been hard for the person I was with. And now you're like, hell yeah, tell me everything. Yes. <laughs> like, I want to hear it. Bring it yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's well, amazing. I think, yeah, I think it's it's inspiring and exciting to see two people who found each other that are seem to be meant to be. So yes. well, well played. And who, like, and who are just pushing like I said pushing all those norms striving to be your true self and I think we all need to be better about that and not be afraid to to be true to yourself and be true to the world around you so yeah 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 well unless there's something we missed or that you want to share we can let you get on with your evening and Hi. we'll wave to I the, want some the of the cat. cats <laughs> Thank you, um, thank you for your podcast and for having us on. Uh, visibility is important. Yeah, for being so open when I messaged y'all about diversifying some of the things, you're like, hell yeah, let's try. Yeah, well, it's that, been our goal from the beginning. It is, and and hopefully this will help other people listening that that maybe have been concerned or shy about reaching out to to do so because the the more diversity we can share the the better right ultimately we can only um you know show stories that people want to share so we we can't interview people who don't want to be interviewed right yeah a little bit before the interview today i was like oh i'm kind of nervous and i don't know why and mc said why you love talking about yourself (laughs) (laughs) now you're right (laughs) well i think it i think it was excellent and i'm i'm really excited to be sharing the story and and hopefully more to come. Yes. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, have a wonderful evening, all you both and your cats. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Great. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back. I took your job. I know you did. I'm a thief. <laughs> you interrupted I me stole enough, your anyway. heart and then I stole your job. Oh, boy. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Anyway, thank you again to Amanda and MC. We had a wonderful time chatting with you two, and thank you for reaching out. Yeah, and we hope to do it again sometime, as always. As always. 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 Okay, quick announcement. If you listen to the show, you know our affiliate STD check. If you want an easy way to get tested for STIs, it's super easy and fast and anonymous. Well, not anonymous, but you don't have to have that. And it doesn't hurt at all. It's it's weird. When they put the needle in, you don't even feel it. Yeah. You don't have to have that awkward conversation with the doctor was my point. Anyway, check them out. Also, the only awkward conversation you might have is when you go and it's you and your wife and two phlebotomists who are trying to figure out when you should have a baby with your wife. Yes, that's true. Based on holidays because we're, we're both holiday babies and... So they were trying to figure out what the best holiday for us to have babies are. So <laughs> that was super fun. And those are the types of experiences you get. And you felt awkward, didn't you? I of thought course it was, I did. They were so nice. They were sweet. I anyway. know, but I was feeling so much pressure uh-huh. to get you pregnant. Oh, my gosh. 
why are we having this conversation on the podcast? Okay. So go ahead and use STD check to get pressured into getting pregnant and save $10. They weren't pressuring us. They were having fun. And to save $10 and to help support your favorite Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast, the Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast. Yes. Go to our website for that. And next week, Scott and Amy. Scott and Amy coming at you next week. Yes. Won't be quite on Halloween. It's the day before, but... Yeah, that could be a, we could, if we had a baby on Halloween. What? No. <laughs> no. All right. Stop. Let's stop. Stop, stop rambling. We're not going to plan our kids' birthdays right now. Good. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Sorry for this a rambling outro. Yeah, my apologies for my wife. And her. For you. You're the one that keeps going on about this birthday Excuse thing. me. Excuse me. Have a great week. Bye.